Hi, this is Deke Deekster. Welcome to Pod of Funk Interlude number 11.5. Having dispensed with the entire output of 2006, I thought it was a shame, and so did other people, because they emailed me and told me that the interviews that I'd uh, conducted uh, in the various pods of funk were no longer available. So I've gone back through the old pods and I've lifted them out into uh, interview sections. You may have heard these before, but they're definitely worth hearing again. And if you're new to Pot of Funk, then give these a listen. Now, recently I was lucky enough to go and visit uh, somebody I've known for many years who's uh, uh, quite well-known jingles and commercial music writer called Andy Carroll. Andy's part of uh, population music these days, um, and just looking at the client list here, we've got Hyundai, Citroen, McDonald's, Sony PlayStation. <laughs> BMG, Orange, UBS. And he's always been associated with um, a particularly uh, streetwise take on, uh, a very modern take on, on jingles, and he's won a few awards. Anyway, I thought it was worthwhile for purposes of pod of funk to pop over and um, uh, elicit some stories from uh, my old friend Andy. You've been composing music for years. In fact, I think I met you when you were 19. We were 19 when we met, in fact. Or 20, maybe. I it was think we were... I think, yeah, first or no, second year of college. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, so I was about 20, because I started, I was a bit, a year later than everybody, so, so we've been 21. 21. Yeah. And I think, if I remember right, when I when I met you, you were, you had um, a, a drum tracks drum machine, uh, a Prophet 5, and a four track Porter Studio. And you were composing sort of funky, electro. Do we not have a Yumi? And um, yeah, that's right. You were composing sort of funky soul pop. You had a really good singer, Nick, who you're still working with. Yes, um, I, I met Nick probably a year or two before before we hooked up. Um, he was doing his uh, fine arts degree at Brighton Poly, which is where I was, and um, I met him one day. Well, I used to see him on the stairs, and we used to say hello to each other and. Um, we got chatting and uh, he said, well, I can sing, and I said, oh, that's, that's great. And um, I used to DJ in, in clubs and, you know, music was always a, a hobby and a passion for me at that time. And uh, anyway, I heard him sing. He, he played me a demo he'd done with some other guy on another course, and I, um, I was really uh, very inspired. And not only on a creative level, but I thought commercially, I thought, wow, th- we could really do something with this. And um, I was living with my friend Pod at the time, who was on um, another course in Brighton, and he had a uh, he had a sequential circuits drum machine, a Porter Studio, and I think it was Profit Five. And um, so I went back home. And I said, uh, I need to I need to get 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 a backing together pretty quick for for my mate Nick, and I put something together and uh, Nick came around and sang on it and um, he said but I, I, I'm involved with another guy called Mick so I, I was duly introduced to Mick and, and thus began a creative partnership which you were part of um, so yeah that's that's and I'm still with Mick now when, um, when the, the whole record 
you know, we signed to Virgin Records and did that whole record thing, um, which ultimately ended up in, in uh, not in success, but being, being uh, let go by Virgin. But uh, the consequence of that was we, we had formed a, you know, quite a strong relationship that survived to this day. together now and we do we do audio visual we do film uh, music to picture and mainly commercials mm. um, which is something that that we started doing when the band folded so it was early 90s yeah it was uh, early 90s um, we, we we were fortunate in the band we worked with some pretty um, amazing people uh, the the guy that directed all our pop promos was a guy called Tony Kay. Oh, was very famous. Yeah, but at that time he, you know, he was relatively unknown and hadn't made any commercials. He's it, it, forgive me if, if this is wrong, uh, but I, as far as I remember, the way he got into co to making uh, commercials was uh, taking copies of his CV to the top of um, a, a very high-rise building north of Soho, throwing them and, and throwing them off the edge so they fluttered down one lunchtime, screaming, "Employ me." That had happened prior to us working with him. Okay. And I think at that time, you know, a lot of people had written Tony off as a, a bit of a crackpot who wasn't going to do anything. Yeah. And in fact, his finest hour hadn't arrived. Mm. Um, so he did some pop promos, and um, uh, shortly after that, became a major commercials director. And so he did the that famous. Um, I think it was. I think it was BT. That is, that is BT, in fact. <laughs> he did a famous BT commercial that um, with the three the, with the dog, the mouse, and the cat by the fireplace. Oh yeah, very, I remember that yeah, distinctly. It was a it was a it was a very uh, very big commercial at the time, and then went on to 
do all sorts. In fact, what happened was we, we you know, when, when we'd been dropped. Can we pause it? Yeah, no, just don't worry. Hello. And bowls, and this time it's hit over. No, oh, that's coming up towards us here. And right. It's gone through the commentary box here. Uh, <laughs> we probably heard that. Well. I should have caught that one, should I? That's well, straight down my cool. throat. Anyway, to cut the long story sideways, what happened was, uh, when we left the band, uh, we phoned Tony up, because, mm. you know, commercials, we thought, well, we need to make a living from music. Yeah. And, uh... We had, one of the things that yeah, came out of that whole Virgin deal was, apart from two albums to your name, which is, yeah. you know, something, uh, you also ended up with enough kit for a small studio, didn't you? Yeah, we had, um, we ended up, at the, at the end of the day, we ended up with a sec mixer, 18, 8 into 2, a Fostex B16, I think it was. Yeah. Um, a bit of outboard, uh, some sampling stuff, uh, uh, a Casio FZ1, was it? Or oh, I can't remember now. Yeah, the it was the sort of the basic kit, really. Wasn't yeah, it? Atari with, with uh, Creator. Yeah. I mean, so we ended up with that, and, um, and then Tony gave us a, a Nike spot, um, which we, we, did a we did a cover of Can You Kick It? by uh, Tribal Quest. Yes. And we weren't allowed to use any of the original recording. Famously, the Tribe Called Quest Can You Kick It? Yes, you can. Not only takes some classic loops and uh, samples from funk, yeah. but rips um, uh, Walk on the Wild Side, yeah. the bass line. It rips the, well, it rips the whole loop. loop it the rips the loop. Yeah. So how did you get around that? Well, what happened was that I, called, I, I, I got a hold of the album and I looked who played on it and um, Herbie Flowers, the bass player, came up. So I rang Herbie and I, I said, um, you know, we had a chat on the phone and he seemed a very nice guy and I said, look, we've got, we've got this shot at this thing. And he, he, for some reason, he said, I've been asked to do this loads of times and I've never done it. He said, but I, I, I'm getting a good feeling here, I'm going to do it. So he came up to London, he brought the original two guitars that made that bass line. Really? Now the interesting thing was, we'd been messing around in the studio trying to cut corners, do it ourselves, and we couldn't get the sound, we couldn't work out what it was going. But when Herbie turned up, he turned up with an old Fender Precision bass and a double bass. And he proceeded to play the Fender Precision going from a low E to a high E, sliding up, and at the same, and then overdubbing the double bass going from a high E to the low E. So there was this up and down thing. And the moment he played those two instruments together, we had the sound. And, um, and of course, that's perfectly le legal and legitimate. Yeah, it was. That was it. We because, cracked the job. Yes, yeah, because and you're not taking anybody's. Uh, you're not. You're not absconding with anybody's uh, copyright recording. No. You're making a new recording. 
we were making a new recording with a guy with the guy that, that, that did that bass sound and used the same instruments. It was it was a cherry. It really was. So so that really was your that was your first uh, notable success in the world of uh, well, that was the commercial one, music. Yeah, and well, we'd had a few away before that, but that was the one that won uh, a thing called a DNAD um, uh, Design and Advertising Award, and it won Best Music that year. Um, and that really was fantastic uh, feather in the cap, you know, we, we, we managed to... Uh, going for the first year and to pick up an award. Yeah, we've been going a couple of years. We, we started off as, as a company called Red Eye Productions um, yeah. in Dollars Hill. about the transition between the band into advertising was, was interesting because it paralleled what was happening in music because you know we were trying to write three minute pop songs pop soul songs and mm. the dance music thing exploded mm. and suddenly we found ourselves having to metamorphose to try and a stay with the label and b get a hit mm. so you know and that was the, the onset of looping and sampling so yeah. we embraced all those techniques and that technology mm. and um and then we, when we got out of the the, the, the record deal, we, we took the production values that we were working with and, and the techniques, and we, we brought them forward into advertising. I mean, I think you know it was a common migration of a lot of people. We, oh, just, yeah. we just, with a, a, a bit of luck and a bit of um, contact, we just managed to get get in there at the right time. Absolutely. So, what what would you say? Um, was the, is the, uh, if you can be general, what are the main differences between writing for, say, an album, a singer, or a band, or you're in a band, or you are some sort of an instrumentalist and you're writing, you know, just so that you can sell CDs, mm. and writing for a client who might be L'Oreal or Nike or McDonald's? Well, the first off is you're, you're, you're working to picture, you're working to a visual, right. and you're usually working to quite, quite a tight brief. I mean, there are there are a few times when they say we haven't got a clue. You know, can you give us some ideas? But quite often they've got quite specific ideas. So the remit is is much less open than if you're writing with an artist and you know, being creative in that way. Uh, second of all, the, the the length of the piece is much shorter. You know, the commercial can be anything from five seconds to 10, 30, 40, 60. Um, so you've got a much shorter space of time, so the arrangements tend to can be a bit denser. You know, you've got you've got a, a window to to sell something, and uh, the vehicle, the, you know, part of the vehicle is the music. So it's a it's a very different discipline to um, to working with artists and bands.
What about the time scale of it? Well, uh, in terms of production or? Yeah. Well, the time scale is, is much, much quicker. Um, that was one thing that I found a huge relief getting into advertising was, really? you know, you'd get a brief, you'd write the demo, you'd, you'd send it off, you'd submit it, and then you'd know within a few days if you'd got it or not. Right. Um, which is great, whereas in the band, you know, there'd be, we'd go into production, we'd be writing, you know, that would take several months, then there'd be, then there'd be the recording of the material with a producer, that would be quite an intense period, then there'd be nothing. Um, and then, you know, the album would be decided, or the single would be decided, there'd be several remixes done, all this would take time. So, for instance, our biggest hit, which, you know, you co-wrote with us, with Lucy, you know, but from from other that spark of inspiration in in our, my mother's house yeah. to yeah. release was a year and a half. It's a long time, and yeah. it had a shuffle groove that was very current. And you know, yeah, if we yeah. could have got that to yeah. an agency and out, yeah. you know, you would have had the freshness. I remember that was picked up on by of all people, Mickey Most. Well, I yeah, I remember bumping into Mickey Most uh, outside Jones in Covent Garden, um, and I'll never forget. He said to me. He said that's a great. He said that's a great song. That he said if you don't have any luck with it, with Virgin, bring it, bring it over to me. I'll make it. Because he could hear it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought that was a huge compliment because you know Mickey Most. Well, I mean, look, look, look at look, look at what he's done. done. Yeah. scoring music for films recently mm, yeah uh, with the, the film scoring thing came about uh, at the beginning of this year I mean I have to say we have dabbled um, uh, a few, quite a few years ago now we, we did a we did some work on a, on a Tony Scott film uh, it was a remake of The Hunger um, that he'd made with Catherine Deneuve and David Bowie and they made it into a series a TV series that went out in the States and we worked on there was a three films, a trilogy, um, and we worked. That was our first sort of foray into uh, major film work, mm. and that happened a while ago. And, and since then, we've done a couple of things. But um, this, the, the film that came about at the beginning of the year, was was uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, like jumping off a precipice, going, going <laughs> working with the LA lot. <laughs> what? Who was that? Was Pixar? Was it or no? It was. It was something uh, like that. It was. Uh, it was a kids' animation film that was uh, funded by a, a German company, and they had an, a big LA producer um, overseeing it, who'd had several hits, who's had several big kids' animations hits. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a pretty intense project. So where would you where would you like to go with your music? I mean, you've you've been you've one of the people I know. I'd say you've you know into, it, it, there are various measures of success, Andy. But I mean, one of them has got to be you've, you're still making your money from writing music and yes. recording it. You've you've done that consistently really since you left college, mm. um, and um, you know, and you're still buzzed by it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would interject there and say that I have a relationship with music and composition that isn't as clear cut as that. Okay. I actually go through periods of, of thinking that maybe I'd like to retrain. I go through periods of uncertainty, I go through periods of of um, wanting to do something else actually. Mm. Um, 
And do you think that's to do with the, right, the very sort of intense way that you work? I think it's a mixture of factors. I think it, you know, this is what I've done since I was at art college, mm. and um, and I also, yeah, a whole mixture of factors. I think the the, the industry that I'm in has, is evolving and changing. Mm. I've been doing it for, you know, in its present sort of manifestation, writing music to picture for commercials. I've been doing it for, I don't know, twelve years, thirteen years. I mean, how many? flipping hair commercials can you do in 15 <laughs> years and you know all car commercials you know they are pretty generic mm. um, and much as I love it and, and I do on a, on a good day with a nice film and feeling creative and writing to picture it's fantastic mm. but I also question um, my future in, in uh, as a composer and what, what I'd like to do and it might, I, I don't know, but it might well be that I end up doing something completely different. Mm. Um, and I think it's just a question of embracing change and taking opportunities and having the balls to go with things when they arise. Yeah. Um, so it's a funny relationship that I have with, with uh, writing music to picture right now. Yeah. That's cool. Thanks. Flesh. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Please visit the website for all the track listings. It's funkpod.co.uk. Okay.